Hello, hello, it's JC. You made new podcast episode nine of our faith-based eating season. You know, I, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself as I'm getting ready to hit record. <laughs> I hope that our episodes have caused as much deep thinking for you all as they have for me. If not, maybe it was a Maybe it is just the Lord like using this for my head and my heart, but I've just really been taken to some new places, kind of like bridging new ground in my own journey. It's funny. You would think 15 years in that I kind of had by now would have checked all the boxes and, and kind of arrived. But you know, I really truly believe that the Lord makes sure we never really do because it's part of the journey is the learning and the growth and what, what would I do for the rest of my life anyway? <laughs> it keeps me dependent on him. And, and I can always feel, you know, even as I'm making progress and having light bulb moments and really seeing some changes in my life, I can always feel under the surface that if I take my eyes away from him, like Peter, when he was walking on the water, if I look away from him for a second, I know that that um, those raging waters are just waiting to swallow me back up. I can feel it some days when I'm really struggling and the food is right there. I can sense that it's still in me to go back to that old place of binging and that old place of making food, my escape and, and all the things, a lot of the things we've talked about, but you know, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that he keeps us in a place of awareness so that we know He's the one that makes it possible to walk on the water. It's only our connection with him um, that gives us that ability to begin to see miraculous changes in our lives. So, you know, I'm okay that I'm still learning and still growing. I say that because I'm going to share with you just a few more of my own personal aha moments this week. I'm kind of just hoping that it will spark something for you as well. I have been really, really chewing on the idea of caring for my body and taking it out of that repressed, denied place. I mean, I have done that to some degree, but man, there's so many ways I still do it. I still make my body the middle child, right? The forgotten middle child like we talked about in the last episode. So that for me has been huge and I've been giving it a lot of thought. And I actually had kind of a like a personal object lesson this week that I'm going to share with you um, that then kind of morphed into an even bigger lesson. It was just a simple, dumb little thing, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been spinning around and around in my head. And I've been like, oh man, that's a great metaphor for what's going on in my own journey with all of this. I, it's really, like I said, it's kind of dumb. Several months ago I was working out and I have no idea what I did. I just, popped something in my inner thigh. Like I don't like kind of my hip flexor, that joint. I didn't really feel it hurt at the time, but just after that day, I, I just kind of couldn't get range of motion out of it. Like I'd raise it up in the wrong way and it would hurt and something happened. But as we often do, <laughs> we're like, oh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll fade. Like it'll be fine. And I just kind of ignored it and would kind of rub it out every once in a while and thinking, you know, it'll just calm down. I'll be fine. I won't worry too much about it. And then weeks and weeks went by and then every once in a while I'd be like, man, that's still bugging me. I still can't do. In fact, I got to the point where I couldn't sit 
and still can't um, sit cross-legged at all. I couldn't put my leg in that position. It was kind of locked up. So I'd sit down and have to do one leg straight and one leg cross-legged. And it's just, it was kind of annoying. It wasn't in pain all day, but every once in a while I'd be in a position where it would talk to me and I was like, oh yeah, dang, why isn't that going away? And the funniest part is I, I work in a chiropractor's office. I have <laughs> access to all kinds of help. And I just kind of, again, like we've been talking about, made my body the forgotten <laughs> middle child. I was just like, ah, I'm not, you know, I'm, whatever. I'm not going to worry too much about it. I just kind of repressed it and ignored it and just didn't want to deal with it. I've got a lot going on. And so I, again, just didn't really do much about it. And I'm now, you know, probably four or five months into it and really had my chiropractor finally take a look because I was like, okay, this is ridiculous, especially after last um, week's episode where we talked about honoring the body's messages that it's sending. And the message was, JC, something's wrong. You can't even sit cross-legged. Like you need to look at this. And so the um, I sat down with my chiropractor and had him kind of work out my my hip. And he's like, it is locked. Like it is locked and he, he popped it and got it back out. And then the muscles just pulled it right back into that locked position. And so he started talking to me about all of the, the stretches and some different things that I could do to start to loosen up those muscles. So they would let that joint relax. Um, but until this morning I was, I, I've, I've been doing lots of yoga, lots of stretches. <laughs> I even have a massage gun, one of those really cool, little tools that I can use to get in that hip flexor really deep and loosen up those muscles. And so I finally have hit the point where, again, I'm honoring my body and I was laying there working on that muscle and I was so frustrated with how stubborn it was, like how slow the process has been now that I've been more, you know, um, devoted. It's just not loosening up very quick. And I was laying there <laughs> with that massage gun working on my hip and, and just thinking, why can't, why can't I just a couple of sessions have, just take care of this? Why this long drawn out process of easing this muscle from this locked position? It's going to take me weeks. I can tell. I mean, I can see I'm making progress, but it's this long, slow. <laughs> oh, is this a, can you tell I'm not a very patient person? <laughs> But then I really, really took that moment and kind of, it's like the Lord went, okay, this is a metaphor for the whole journey. Um, I started to think about another point we made recently about how sometimes we will abuse our body, binge eat, you know, emotionally eat terrible things that make us sick, eat way too much. Just because our emotions are out of control or our mind mentally we're out of control or stress is out of control and we're trying to soothe that part of us, but we're punishing our body to, to do it. You know how we talked about that. And so I was thinking about the mental journey to break those patterns, even though we see that we're doing it. And I'm guessing you've been like me. Even once I saw that I was doing it, I still would do it. <laughs> I would still watch myself. In fact, we'll joke in, in our house at times, like where, you know, family members will take out the ice cream and look at me like, okay, I'm emotionally eating, right? Just <laughs> like we know we're doing it or we know we're not going to feel feel well after the binge that we're currently <laughs> on or whatever. 
and we still do it. And I was thinking about my stupid little hip injury and how the process is a slow one day at a time, easing that muscle into a more relaxed state, working through the resistance, working through those tight trigger points and getting them to relax. And I was thinking about in my journey with emotional eating and mental, you know, stress that send me straight to the kitchen, how it's been just like that. We don't, we want a quick fix. I mean, we just want some program to just shift our brain and it's over and we don't have to fight this anymore. Like me being impatient with my hip injury, like stop, just why won't this just stop doing this? (laughs) But I have noticed over the years, that's exactly not just for my body. Yes. Yes. It's been the process that's that my body has been healed. Like my sugar addiction, same thing one day at a time, slowly soothing the body out of the addiction, being patient with setbacks, staying at it, relying on the Lord's grace, moving forward, sometimes two steps forward, one step back, but continuing to be patient through his grace again, because I'm not a patient person. But my addiction was healed the same way. Slow, trusting in him that eventually we're going to swing into some new patterns. It just wasn't overnight. My emotional eating has been the same way because life happens and it sends me into those old patterns. And so slowly, just the way that I'm working my hip muscles, slowly, a little bit at a time, I've been easing my run into the kitchen (laughs) when I'm stressed. I've been working on shifting um, my mental patterns. I, I do a lot with this in my emotional eating class. I had to identify what the driving um, mental patterns were that threw me into the kitchen. One, for instance, was food is the best um, remedy for my hurting soul. Like that just simple thing right there. Food will soothe me. It will make things better. I'll feel better. That quiet little belief lived far down under the surface. And so it took some time like it is as I'm now trying to heal my body. It took some time to heal my mind of some of those thoughts that were dug so deep. They were locked in my brain, just like this hip muscle is locked. Those same patterns were locked through years of misuse, through years of encouraging that locked position because I acted on those thoughts so many times over and over and over. It had locked my mind in a position that wasn't going to break overnight. And I just have thought a lot about this gentle process. Again, our world does not like that. We want a quick fix. We want a new program that we dive into. I mean, if the world's theories were, were going to be put into place for my hip, I'd be working it like 50 times a day and stretching. I'd probably injure myself, right? Like we know that certain kinds of healing take time. And so I'm, I'm really trying to breathe into this whole process and look at some of the things I'm dealing with right now come a long way. I have moved out of some of those locked positions in my mind. I have moved to a new place, but there's still some things that are on my mind that I'm trying to shift and trying to heal. And I've sensed the Lord, Lord's presence with me 
just like a physical therapist, right? Trying to get your limbs to return to function. He's doing the same thing with my mind. It reminded me of a scripture. I think it really um, illustrates the pro- process well. In John chapter 1, verse 14, where it, it's describing Christ. It's describing him. And it has the phrase, he is full of grace and truth. Christ is full of grace and truth. And I've recognized that my healing of my emotions, my mind, and my body, its addictions, took both of those things. Number one, I needed the grace because that's the power. That was his um, power filling me and giving me that self-control, that ability to act in a way that was moving me toward healing, that was moving me out of those locked places. His grace, I just, knowing I could rely on him for that strength, especially after, after I'd spent years and years and years failing on my own, relying on my willpower instead of his grace, moving to a place where I could rely on his grace gave me the ability to hang in there during this slow healing process of just walking that out one day at a time and experimenting with new patterns and being patient with myself when it wasn't fixed in one day. His grace played such a huge role and still does in filling me with the ability to continue putting one foot in front of the other. I'm even seeing his grace in this dumb little... this dumb little hip injury because I was sitting there doing some yoga this morning and it hurt. It just hurt. And I was mad. I was like, oh, I just was kind of having a little fit. Sorry to admit that I'm human like the rest of us, but it didn't feel good. And I was sitting there frustrated. Like, when is this finally going to start to feel good? It just hurts to hold these positions and my hip doesn't want to do it. And, and it was relying on his grace because really the old me would bail. Like, you know what? So I don't sit cross-legged the rest of my life. I don't care. This is too hard, right? And that finally struck me. I thought, you know what? That's the number one reason I need his grace and his truth. Because that message right there, it's too hard. It's too hard. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's the main um, place that my mind, my emotions stay locked, just like my hip. It's just locked tight. It's too hard. It's too hard. And as he begins to coax me into a new, more freeing place where my addiction, you know, was put, put aside, where my emotional eating was put aside, where my, I'm able to eat in a more healthy way that makes my body happy. It took his grace and truth to get past the roadblock of it's too hard. Number one, because I could rely on his grace. It is too hard if it's just me. (laughs) It is. You know, maybe other things in my life I could conquer through willpower because they weren't that big of a deal and I could feel really good about myself and pat myself on the back. But this one went so deep and had gone on for so long that loosening up this injury, (laughs) this one in my mind and heart, had to take grace. It was too hard on my own. But it also needed a dose of his truth 
The grace is the power, but the truth that comes from Christ are the, the ideas, the thoughts, the principles, like everything we're talking about this season. The ideas that can, can begin to work in our mind to heal us. Again, the ideas I'd thrown at the problem had never really got me anywhere. But as I began to turn it over to him, to ask him for the truth that would heal me, and it, again, just an example in our last episode, as we look at embracing the body and valuing the body and looking at a way to care for it in a loving way, truths like that and tons of others that we've talked about that begin to soften those locked places in my mind, that begin to soften my heart soften those those locked patterns so that I can slowly coax myself just like I'm coaxing my hip muscle to move to a more open um, place where I have that freedom back it's just sorry this has just been such a beautiful idea for me to think about because again, even though I know this is what the process looks like, and even though I know I've been on this path for 15 years, so I should be used to it by now, right? My impatient self gets frustrated that some things are still a battle or that I, I'm still having to rely so heavily on him, but I'm trying to breathe <laughs> and just trust that he is enough It's not too hard through his grace and truth. We can do it through his grace and truth. It's funny. I was thinking through so many scripture stories this morning as I was pondering this. I mean, we, if you're following this podcast, like I've said, you're most likely a believer, most likely a scripture reader. I mean, how can we read all the scripture stories and say we're believers to look at stories of David and Goliath? And Moses parting the Red Sea. And again, Peter walking on the water, right? Or Joshua in the walls of Jericho. Or Gideon winning a battle with only 300 soldiers. There's so many. We have our own Goliath and it is this. How can we not throw our faith in the ring and say, I know it feels too hard. Goliath seemed too big. The Red Sea seemed impossible to pass through. But with his grace and truth, slowly, one day at a time, we begin to see that Red Sea part and we begin to see ourselves act in new ways and treat our body in new ways and see those old processes break and be left behind like old baggage. Someday my hip is going to be back to full range of motion. I am trusting that. And that's why I'm going through... (laughs) This stupid. No, it's not stupid. I'm just kidding. But that's why I'm going through some of the pain of rehabilitation. I'm bringing my body out of this repressed state where I was ignoring it, acting like it was going to go away on its own magically. I had to face it. I had to look at it, get some, some advice, get some direction on where the healing needed to happen, and then act on that through his grace. And that's the process we're talking about this season. He can heal the deep, damaged places in our souls. The deep soul attachment to food. All of the ways that we are dysfunctional. (laughs) 
when it comes to our diets and our bodies and our size and all of this mess. He can take us on this journey and heal us. I don't, I don't know if that was a repetition of other things that I've talked about or if it was helpful. Just so that you can join me maybe this week in breathing and being okay with where we're at and just working on <laughs> the quote unquote therapy that he prompts us to work on this week in terms of, like I said, I'm doing it with my hip, but I'm also doing it with my emotions. I'm continuing to reach for his grace, to ask for his truth, to fill me so that my body may be healed. I, uh, I think we're probably going to wrap up this season in one more episode. I'll explain more next time. But I'm feeling like, and you maybe think, wait, there's so much more to talk about. And I'll explain why I'm, I'm thinking that um, next time. But we'll just, we'll touch on one more to kind of conclude this season. I have some plans for the next few months I'll share with you. But thank you for joining me today. I hope you don't have a stubborn... <laughs> inner thigh that's causing you as much to know. We all do, right? We all do. We have things that we need to take to him for healing. And I am just offering a voice today that he can heal and that we can trust him. Thanks for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful week.